is The Hill. Talking Rugby League with Sam Perry and Tim Sparks. Hello Rugby League fans, hello Rugby League friends. Welcome to The Hill. I'm your host Tim Sparks here for another episode of this Rugby League podcast. It's a big episode. With plenty to get through. I'm going to wrap the week for you. I'm going to talk about the footy, who won, who lost, who's playing well, who's struggling. I'm going to give you a top eight prediction, okay? It's a revised prediction from when we first started, but we're at the halfway point. So I thought, let's just step back, recalibrate, re-evaluate. I'm going to give you a top eight, all right? So we've got that look to look forward to. I've got a who would you rather be with a manly flavour that I think you'll enjoy. Uh, I'm going to go through the next stage of my least favourite teams to most favourite teams, so counting down uh, places 12 to 9, so you should really look forward to that one. Uh, I'm going to talk a bit about our tipping competition that we do uh, on a weekly basis and what's going on there. I've got some issues. Some people have asked for some issues, so I'm going to talk coaching. I'm going to talk Sonny Bill Williams. I'm going to talk the Warriors. I'm going to talk the Broncos uh, and all other you know interesting sort of issues that are happening around the code. Then I'm going to try and get to your questions. I'm going to do more than try. Actually, I'm going to get to your questions. All right. There's been a few. They can. They'll probably keep rolling in as I record this. So looking forward to to what you people, the listeners, that my fellow people on the hill, uh, have got to say or what they've got to ask me uh, for this week of footy. Now, if you've been listening for the last, you know, few months, you'll you'll usually know that I've got Sam Perry here with me. Uh, it's my second week without him, sadly. So due to the, the pandemic and the, the lockdown that we have in Melbourne, it's, it's really difficult to do it uh, together. It's, in fact, illegal to do it together because we don't get paid for this, so it's not work. Uh, and it's just, it's just a struggle uh, as far as... Uh, doing it over the internet and things go. So you've got me, Sparks, going one out uh, for the for the next period of time. If if Pezza was injured uh, and he was missing from a team, I, I think he's probably done a hamstring. I think is how I'm sort of looking at it. So you know he's sort of ripped it pretty bad. It's a it's a it's more than just a little twinge. You know he's torn it. Uh, and he's, he's going to be back for a, he's not going to be back for a while. All right, so a serious injury. He's got his leg up, uh, got it on ice. Starting to get into his physio. Uh, and if we can get him back for the finals, then I think we would have done really well. So you've got me for the for the next period of time. And I hope you enjoy that. I hope that's okay. Uh, speaking of Pezza, we're going to actually. I've got to give him a quick shout out for his birthday too. I miss him here. Uh, but it, it is his birthday today, so Pezza, uh, we're recording this on the Wednesday, the 22nd of July. Uh, happy birthday, uh, champion, and I hope you've had a good day. And whilst I'm on birthdays, I should actually also give a uh, friend of the show and loyal listener, Billy Rees. It's also his birthday today too, so Pez and Bill share a birthday, uh, which is great. So Billy, happy birthday to you, mate, and uh, many happy returns. And as I said to you earlier today, I think you've got a Tigers win uh, in store for you this week as a bit of a present. So a couple of shout-outs there. And whilst I'm on the theme of shout-outs, if you'd like a shout-out, or if you'd like to give your, your friend or a family member a shout-out, you'd like to give me to give them a shout-out, I should say, please just get in touch. More than happy to give people a birthday shout-out, uh, you know, something special is happening in their life, an anniversary, uh, a graduation, whatever it might be. You know, they might have, someone might have scored, you know, done something well in the footy field. More than happy to shout them out. I would really like to do that. Uh, so just get in touch and I shall do that for them. And also, you know, if someone's doing it a bit tough, uh, you know, I'd love to give them a shout out. Uh, sort of in the vein of, you know, uh, getting the Man of the Match award sort of back in the, the early 90s, probably the, the MMI Man of the match or the state bank man of the match, whatever it might have been, and, and someone just gives you know you know their mate of the sort of just doing it a bit tough, uh, just a bit of a shout out and a bit of a pick me up. So I'd really love to do that. Uh, so just get in touch on the usual channels. Now speaking of doing it tough, I've got to say over the last couple of weeks I've probably been doing it a bit tough down here, and not you know not not in a way that I want anyone to worry about me because it's not like that, but just. Thinking this, you know, this lockdown, this second lockdown, this second wave of coronavirus, uh, it's been difficult, you know. As we thought we'd sort of seen, I guess we thought we we thought we'd got through it before, and you know we're starting to get back to normal. But bang, here it comes again, and you know it's 
it's you know we're isolated from each other and it's it's difficult uh you know we're at home a lot of the time days sort of turn into the same and it's difficult to tell you know what day of the week it is and uh you can just get a bit lonely and i'm just going to say very quickly i've got a job i've got a partner you know, I've got a place to live. I'm very fortunate. I'm okay. But just, you know, in the scheme of things, it is a bit of a difficult time. And it just got me thinking that, you know, having the footy on during this time is actually, like, it's really great. And it's been such a, a good... Distraction is not the right word. I think it's just been a good thing to have uh, in my life, personally, as a football fan. Uh, just, just, just for something to look forward to, for something to watch, for for something to be able to talk about, and also just to give the week just a bit of structure, you know, uh, you know, when it's Thursday night because the footy's on, and, and Friday night, etc., and it just helps you to structure your week and and just get through some sometimes which are long days during this this difficult time. So it it got me thinking even more, uh, just how important like footy must be for for people that are less fortunate and are isolated a lot of the time, and they are maybe a bit lonely for, for, for most of their life, which is, you know, a sad thing to know, but we, we do know there are people like that out there, and it just shows, I'm sure footy must be so important for those people. Uh, it gives them something to look forward to. It gives them a, a bit of a structure for their week, and it, it allows, you know, people that, that maybe are a bit lonely for whatever reason, uh, something to be a part of, uh, whether that's, you know where they're actually at the ground uh, and go and, and, and sit with other fans and, and members uh, of their team or if they just feel collectively involved uh, just by being a fan and supporting uh, a team, you know, that, that means something to them. So, yeah, I just I just thought that was worth mentioning uh, at the top of the show because, yeah, yeah footy is such, a, such an important thing uh, in that respect and I... I'm going to go from there to talk about this week's footy uh, and just how much I really loved it. I loved uh, some footy particularly played by the Raiders uh, and Manly, I think, were probably the two highlights uh, of my week watching footy because it just it felt like football, like it felt like uh, a footy, like a, a, an injury-ravaged uh, Raiders side uh, against all the odds uh, came to the SCG for the first time since they played a grand final in 1987 and just, you know, took it to this star-studded Roosters side uh, and ended up beating them by, by a coach that played at the team who's who's all about the club, who, you know, galvanised his players. Uh, and they pulled off such an inspiring victory in a bit, wet, in a bit of wet weather too, uh, which was just, it was just one of the best games of footy I've watched for such a long time. And like just taking Tigers games out, because they're obviously my favourite, but just non-Tigers games, like it was just, it just had everything that reminds you of what's so good about about football and about rugby league and, and, and why we follow it. And I think Manly weren't too far behind it in the sense that they were sort of out uh, with a couple of injuries too, most specifically uh, Tom Trebojevic, uh, who they do struggle to, to win games with. He was missing it, coming up against a side that was red hot for the last two months in Parramatta and just came out and, and took it straight to them. Uh, and I know the scoreline sort of got a bit close towards the end there, but really, Manly just smashed them, especially in the first half. They blew them off the park. And again, you know, at a local venue at Brookvale Oval with, again, you know, Des Hasler, who is as much Manly as any other Manly player. It was just really, really, really uh, great to watch. I just loved it. And I think we just got to remember, and I'm sure people who listen to a podcast like this we just got to remember that that's what footy is about. It's about community. It's about loyalty. It's about people doing something together that means something to them. Uh, fans and players alike, you know, because I'm, sh- I'm sure that the Raiders and the Manly fans were just absolutely ecstatic. And we just got to keep going on this road that Peter Volandis, I think he's taking us down, that footy is footy. Yeah, it's tribal, it's community. And it's a game, yeah? It's not entertainment or 
Well, entertainment really is, is the line that you usually hear from these sort of corporates that, that really sort of seem to, to, to run the game really into the ground as far as money went, if we're to believe anything uh, that we heard earlier in the year. But that's, it was just such a great reminder uh, over the weekend, those two games in particular. I'll talk about the Mighty Tigers absolutely smashing the Broncos. Uh, later on in Tiger Corner, all right? So I won't, I won't go into that too much now. Uh, the Warriors struggle yet again. I'll talk about them a little bit later. Uh, but good luck to the Sharks for getting a win. Souths and Knights, like I thought that was pretty even in the end. And I think that probably summed up those two sides, you know. I think they're okay and they're, they've got some good players. They're in the mix, you know, but they're probably in the lower half of the eight rather than the top of it, I think. Saints and Canterbury, that was just a game of footy too. I, I, I just enjoyed watching some footy at um, Wynn Stadium, albeit through the television, but it just just a good ground to, to look at, I think, and you can tell what, you know, the, the rugby league people around um, the Wollongong area are great rugby league people, so I'm sure it would have been great for them to get out and see a bit of, bit of footy. Really felt for Canterbury at the end. Uh, I forget the young bloke that, that dropped the ball. Um, but, yeah, I felt for him. But at the same time, it was good to see the the Dragons get a win. And, yeah, the Melbourne Storm just looked to be absolutely setting the pace. Uh, they annihilated uh, the Gold Coast Titans. And, really, I don't even think they looked like they worked up much of a sweat despite playing uh, on the Sunshine Coast. That's pretty much my wrap of the week as far as the footy goes. One thing I would say to people or ask of people, what are your thoughts on the quality of the games in the different time slots? Because especially Sunday afternoon, like are we being stitched up on a Sunday afternoon with getting the lesser games? Uh, I know Parramatta Newcastle played last week, so I guess that's... Maybe I'm wrong in saying this. Uh, Newcastle Manly was the week before that. Maybe I'm wrong. It just feels like it's not the best game. Or maybe it was just this week with the Warriors and Sharks and Panthers and North Queensland. just seems like the feature game uh, for the last sort of month or even six weeks or however long it's been since we've been back has been the Thursday night and the Saturday night. I just wonder if they renegotiated the television with Fox and they were just like, no, we're having the best game and it's going to be Saturday night. You know, we sort of had Manly and Para. Uh, just gone, Raiders, Storm, the one before that was a Saturday night. Uh, then there was the Panthers-Tigers game, which I guess maybe leading into the game wasn't going to be that great, but it turned out it was. Before that, we had Parabeat and Canberra. I just wonder, is, is 7.30 Saturday night the, the premier slot uh, and being sort of, you know, Friday night sort of being put on the back burner a little bit? I've got to say, I'm not a fan of Thursday night football. I don't know what everyone else thinks out there. I'm just... I know it's great to have another night of footy, but I just, I don't know, I just like the footy to be on the weekend. It was always, you know, something really exciting that you bounced into Friday, knowing that the footy started on Friday night and you could have your whole weekend. I just sort of feel Thursday, it's not necessary. You know, you could watch something like the footy show or, you know, something of that nature on the Thursday night and start to get excited. You know, if you're still playing the code, you know, if you're a local team, you've probably had your training session on a Thursday, you know, probably a barbecue or maybe a couple of beers, uh, starting to relax and get ready for the weekend. You know, get home at about sort of 9, 9.30, stick the footy show on, you know, and, and, and go to sleep, you know, knowing that you're excited for, for footy on Friday and the rest of the weekend. We can have, you know, I'm, I'm okay with the two games on the Friday. That's fine. But then you can go into Saturday, a couple of games in the Arvo, game or two in the evening, and Sunday Arvo, a couple of games in the afternoon. And then we're done with it. Then we can have a, have a look at, you know, the results and think, oh, yep, I'm sitting in, you know, my team's sitting in the eight or we're there or whatever's happening on the Sunday night. You know, no need for Monday. Like, that was... That, that was crossed off the list a long time ago for good reason. The fans didn't like it. I don't think the players liked it either. So I just much, you know, I just sort of think leading into this, such a big game for, for my side this week, Tigers and Para on a Thursday, you know, I just sort of think it's a bit of a waste, you know. We'll build up and we'll get a great game on Thursday. Whatever happens, happens, uh, you know. But then we've still got Friday to get through again, you know, back to work and Friday and... And, and it's sort of, sort of already started. You, you much prefer it to, you know, be on a Saturday or even a Friday night, Sunday, uh, and keep it that way. But, you know, look, 
We've got to be grateful in this life, don't we? So, you know, still grateful that we, we, we've got a game, I've got a side, and if it's Thursday night, I've got to watch it, then Thursday night it is. But just a few thoughts there uh, on the schedule. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, what people think. What's your favourite night? Do you, do you want Thursday night football? Bloody hell, the AFL is going to, like, 35 games in 20 days or, or something something like that. I think they're doing Wednesday night football, Monday night football. I mean, do, do you want that? Do you guys have appetite for that? I mean, I think it's a, it's a big ask, but, you know, hey, um, everyone's different. So, so get in touch with me. Let me know what's your favourite night of the week to watch footy. What's your least favourite night of the week? Uh, or day, man. I keep saying night. Like, we've got to get some more daytime footy, don't we? Anyway, that's enough about that. I promised you that I'd give you a revised top eight, okay? So for those that have listened to the show during the year, you'd know that I predicted as soon as we came back from the the original, uh, I guess, shutdown period or original lockdown, I guess it was, yeah, the, the, the only shutdown, I came out and I said that uh, Parramatta and Brisbane would make the grand final. A bit of that was based on what happened in the first two rounds. A bit of that was sort of based on, you know, what might happen with the new rules, the one ref, the six again, Things like that. Uh, happy to say that, you know, one of those sides is is still doing really well. Um, and that's good. I guess I use the term happy loosely because I don't love Parramatta, but, you know, I'm only human and it's nice when your predictions come right. So to see Parra coming up in second spot is, is really heartening. Uh, but to see the Broncos where they are, uh, I think they've only won one game since, since that uh, infamous suggestion of mine that they'd make the, the grand final and all sorts of other craziness really uh it's just happened to the broncos so you know sadly for me i guess and sadly for you broncos fans out there uh that they've really dropped off the pace so what i thought i'd do i'd just recalibrate and we're also at the halfway point you know, we're halfway way through. Everyone's played 10 games, 10 games to go. Uh, and I'm going to let you know how I see the eight finishing up. So, and this is in a particular order. It's going from one to eight of how I see it finishing up. I'm not going to predict finals or anything like that or any of the stuff that Pezza tries to make me do. You notice that he does that when he says, oh, where are the Tigers going to finish? And you say, oh, well, you know, I reckon they'll sink in there. They'll come seventh. And then he asks me to run through if I win, they'll win the first semi or the next semi. He's doing that to try and... Um, to try and reinforce the fact that I oversell the Tigers. Do you know what I mean? Like, he couldn't just be comfortable with me saying, oh, yeah, mate, they'll be seventh, they'll sneak in the eight, see how we go from there. It's got to be like, oh, yeah, they'll make the second or third week, and then so you're therefore saying that they're coming third. You know, so just when he does come back on this show, just remember that he does those little tricks to me, all right, tries to to spin it and... And work itself so then in turn he can come back to me and say, oh, well, you thought the Tigers were going to come third or, or whatever it is. But I, I'm not going to go into the finals. That, that's the point out of that. So no further ado. Here's your top eight. Uh, number one, Melbourne's going to be the minor premiers. All right. So you can, you can hear that here first. I actually don't think they'll lose another game. All right. I think when they play the Tigers at the back end of the year, I'll tip the Tigers. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me uh, if Melbourne... Uh, go through undefeated for the rest of the season. As I said last week, I think moving to the Sunshine Coast has galvanised them. It's given that little bit of adversity, uh, which Melbourne sides need. And, yeah, I think they're just starting to... to things are starting to fall into place for them uh, big time. They look ominous. So they're first. Uh, I think Penrith have showed too much already uh, for them not to come second. All right, they're really... And again, you know, I, I don't like Ivan Cleary. It's hard for me to say this, uh, but but they will come second. I think uh, three is... I'm going to... The Raiders are going to come third. I know that's not a massive scoop, being the, the, the former grand finalist, but despite losing Hodgson, uh, despite, you know, uh, a lot of other injuries, uh, I think they are um, going to come into third. Uh, I think John Bateman's on their extended bench this week too, so that's promising for them. Uh, but they look great and good and good on them. Uh, the Roosters will come into fourth, I think. Uh, they miss Victor Radley massively. You can tell that. And also Sam Verrills as well, I think. Uh, but sadly, oh, sadly, I guess, yeah, they're just good, aren't they? So they'll come fourth. Uh, Manly will be fifth. Uh, I think, again, they, they've shown enough spirit and enough uh, just quality around them. 
uh, as far as their play goes uh, to, for them to miss the eight. And I think Turbo will come back uh, and really they'll just, you know, go on a real good run, I think, at the back end of the seasons. You'll probably see them hover around the eight for the next sort of few weeks, uh, maybe pick up, a, pick up a win or two over the next four games. And then I think when Turbo comes back in, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll go on a bit of a run too and get that home final as they did last year. I think from memory they might have come six. Anyway, Parramatta will come six. I think they're going to fall off the pace a little bit. Uh, and I'm happy, you know, to, to readjust what I said at the start. You know, what I said at the start was based on the first two rounds. You know, based on what I think might happen. All right, I've got no dramas with, with re-evaluating myself and, you know, saying that, yeah, look, now that I, I know more information... Uh, I think Parramatta have some weaknesses in there, okay? I, I think they've obviously struggled over the last few weeks uh, with no Mitch Moses, so it'll be interesting to see how <clears throat> how he goes and how the team goes when he comes back in. Uh, but they've got to play the Tigers twice and the Tigers will knock them off twice. Uh, so there's two games they won't win. Uh, and I think they'll still end up having a pretty good season, uh, but they'll be sixth. Uh, the Tigers will come seventh. Uh they're just playing really well under match, and I'm really hopeful, and I'm well, more than hopeful. I'm confident that they can they can get enough wins to stay in that seventh position that they're in now. I've got the Knights coming in at eighth, rounding it out. As I said earlier, the sort of you know the top of the show. They're they're a very good team. They've got a really good pack of forwards. Uh, I'm just still not sold on sort of the Pierce and Ponga thing. All right, and you know, as a, as a guy that has a real soft spot for the Knights, I, I want I want to be proven wrong uh, on this. And you know, maybe the more they play with each other, the more they play under uh, the new coach O'Brien. I think they'll get better and better. Uh, they're they're in fourth spot at the moment, but I just yeah, I see them coming eighth. Yeah, and I, I don't know how exactly they'll work. I think they'll just sort of might be one of those teams that might just win a couple, then lose a couple, and win a couple, and lose a couple, and all of a sudden they're sort of, yeah, just in and around the eighth uh, spot there. And, yeah, they will be eighth. So so sadly for the other fans out there, I'm sorry I can't give you better news uh, if you're a Sharks fan, you're a Dragons fan, uh, or a Souths fan, because they're probably the sides that I guess will will hover around there and challenge. And look, if you're any of those fans, if you're a Cronulla fan and South fan in particular, even Dragons, uh, hey, look, you're probably upset thinking, Sparks, what are you talking about? I hope you're thinking that way. That's the way you need to be thinking, you know, as, as a fan of your club. And you also don't need me telling you how to think or how to feel as a, as a fan either. But, um, you know, uh, all I'm saying is there, I'm happy for you to disagree with me. I'm happy for you to get in touch. And if you're a Sharks fan, a Dragons fan, a South fan, tell me why they'll make the eight. I'll be happy to hear it. I'll be happy to read it out on the show. Uh... But I won't be changing that tip of, of my um, final top eight until we get to the end of the season. I'd say then we can preview the, the finals and things like that. But, yeah, I guess, yeah, what are you looking at? Melbourne Roosters, sort of semi-final at the start. Penrith Raiders, a couple of good games there. You'd be happy with that, I think, people. Manly Knights, a couple of, couple of good grand final um, uh, rematches. You know, what, 91 Penrith Raiders, uh, Manly Knights, 97. And the grand final that's never happened, actually, is uh, six and seven Paratigers. Now, wouldn't the NRL love that? You know, I think if the NRL listen to this, they should. Um, like that's a great top eight. That's a great first week of finals games, I must say. If I don't mind saying so myself, I didn't orchestrate it that way either. But that's it. That's my eight. Um, love to hear your thoughts. Tell me your thoughts. Tem- send me in your top eight. You know, tell me, you know, some games you like to see in the semis. But that's it for, the, for, for that little part of the segment. And here we go. Who would you rather be for this week? It's different doing who would you rather be when it's just me. Usually, you know, if you're new to the show, it's Pezza across one side of the table. It's myself on the other side. Just asking each other, who would you rather be? And tossing up a couple of former players with either the... the First name the same or the last name the same. Drew Higgins has got in touch, a big Manly fan. Good luck to him. And he's come in and asked me, who would you rather be? Cliff Lyons or Jamie Lyon? Uh, uh, it gets him with the technicality of the, the names, uh, but I'm happy with it. Kind of would have liked him to say, who would you rather be, Cliff Lyons or Graham Lyons? Graham Lyons being the former South Tigers and Penrith winger. Uh, of the 90s, but that's okay. Cliff Lyons and Jamie Lyon, it is. And now, because it's different, there's no Pezza, I've got to ask you out there, the listener, who would you rather be? 
Cliff Lyons, Jamie Lyon. I'll take you through just a just a few of my thoughts and a few of my uh, uh, what would it, what would the word be? Uh, my sort of you know reminiscing of their career, some memories of their careers. Look, Cliff Lyons, just outstanding player, like just one of the most skillful players I think I've ever ever seen. Uh, just his his instincts, his ball playing, uh, his feel for the game. And just the spirit in which he played too. Like he always seemed, he seemed competitive, but he seemed like he was having a good time. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he used to smoke like a shit ton of ciggies or something before he played and, you know, didn't mind a, a Jim Beam and Coke or something like that. I think those were the stories. Like the point is that he just, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a an athlete and a fitness guy. Like he was a footballer uh, that, that could really play the code. He... He started his career at the Cronulla Sharks. A lot of people may not know that. I think he played like whatever the equivalent of Jersey Fled was uh, back then in the Cronulla Sharks uh, side. Uh, I saw a couple of years ago, I saw lines. You can look for it. You can find a photo of Cliff Lyons in a, in a Cronulla Sharks jersey. It looks quite strange. Uh, but he did that. He went on to play. He played at North Sydney, Poro Pezza. Uh, he didn't stay there, uh, but he played a season there. But then he went and played 300 and something games with Manly, 309 games, I think it was. Two premierships, were 87 and 95, I think it would have been probably. And a few other grand finals uh, in there as well. Test matches, not as many as he probably would have played had he played later in his career, but six test matches. He would have gone on a lot of tours, you know, um, being behind guys like, I guess, even Wally Lewis, maybe in 1990, guys like Laurie Daly, Kevin Walters, you know, so many good 5.8s there that just to be in and around that mix of it, you know, would have been awesome. Uh, New South Wales games, City Origin games, couple of stints in England. I mean, just what a career. And then you got Jamie Lyon, who, you know, is probably not a guy I really warmed to during his career. I don't really know why so much. I mean, he was one of the first guys to really, uh, I guess, walk out on a contract when he when he walked out of Parramatta. He started at Parramatta in the in the I think in two thousand. Played till about two thousand and four. Uh, for them, played a lot of games. Would have played in the O one Grand Final for Parramatta, which is good. But yeah, he I think he walked out sort of with a couple of years to run on his contract. Sort of said he was homesick, went back to the country, which maybe he was, but then he went to, to England and played, which was all a bit strange. Uh, it just seemed like he, for whatever reason, he didn't want to play for Parramatta anymore. I don't think he played, wanted to play for Brian Smith anymore. Uh, a couple of years in, in England and everyone thought he was sort of gone. Uh, but then came back and played, you know, 200 and something games for, for Manly in those really, really, really strong years of... Uh, I guess the late 2000s and early around 2010 and that sort of thing uh, with, you know, the Stewart brothers and, and Watmau and uh, I guess Menzies and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, what would it be? What, what would we be looking at there? Would have lost a grand final to the Storm in 07, but then won a grand final against the Storm in 08. And I guess, you know, the Storm cheated in 07, so really um, he's won two grand finals there at Manly. Uh, he captained the side. And, yeah, I ended up quite liking Jamie Lyon. Like, centre is such a difficult position to play. Uh, so, you know, I really respected him for it. You know, really good goal kicker. Uh, you know, he's, he's got state of origins, couple of country origins, an Australian game himself, so, you know... Uh, oh, yeah, that was what I was going to mention. He played in that Parramatta side of, like, I guess it would have been about maybe 2000 to 2001 where they were just smashing teams. I, mean, I read somewhere, like, what is it in, I don't know, where is it? In, yeah, 2000, in round 24. Got a club record for most tries in a first-grade match, which was five, when they beat... Cronulla 74 to 4. They just pumped teams around that era. So I guess it would have been fun to be able to absolutely smash them. I remember the 01 Parasite is probably the, I think, probably the team that dominated the competition so much during a year, then not win the grand final. There's no shame in doing it because 
one of, if not the best player to ever play the game, uh, was on the other side of Andrew Johns. So wouldn't feel too bad about it if you're a Parramatta uh, player of that time. But I'm going to be Cliff, all right, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So I don't know who you've decided to be uh, in, in that little in that little. Uh, round of who would you rather be but you know if you want it tell me I am and I was Cliff Lyons you know and, and for these reasons or like mate I think you're a bit harsh on Jamie Lyon you know he was only a young bloke and walking away you know, he didn't really walk away from his contract you know this sort of thing happened and they were you know uh, trying to shift him around somewhere to a position he'd want to play or whatever it might have been get in touch and, and pick me up on that stuff and tell me that you know why you'd be Jamie Lyon and if you've got a suggestion for who would you rather be, you, you know what to do by now, and that's get in touch and, and, and hit me up with it. The more obscure, the better, to be honest. You know, uh, that, That's really where we like to be at with who would you rather be. And I'm sure I speak on Pez's behalf uh, with that as well. All right, next up, and I just, I just a, a quick little note to say that I hope you're enjoying a bit of a better sound quality today. I think... I've tested this microphone about eight times. I'm sure it's working. Or I didn't have it on last week. I apologise for that. Phone's on charge too for those that, that were listening and a couple of people got in touch saying, make sure your phone is charged. It is charged. And that's why we're going so well tonight, I think. And when I say we're going well, I'm only going well because you've got in touch. I'm only going well because I know you're out there listening and I really, really appreciate it. All right, so <clears throat> on that note, I'm going to continue to count down are my least favourite teams to my most favourite teams. A listener came in with this question last week and I started off last week uh, working from number 16, uh, I guess, upwards. All right, if you've forgotten, as I almost did, no, just kidding, I didn't, uh, what I did last week, 16 was the Gold Coast, 15 was Melbourne, 14 was Parramatta, 13 was Penrith. All right, if you want the reasons why and you didn't listen to last week, just go back. I'm not going to bore everyone else again with it. All right, but the, the nature of what I said uh, is all back there last week. All right, so I'm just going to push on, okay? We've got teams 12 to 9. Uh, my 12th, you can either say what it is, my fifth least favourite or my 12th favourite, depending on how you want to frame these things. Uh, I'm just going to say coming in at 12th is the Warriors. Uh, I said last week that the Gold Coast Titans were my least favourite team because I'm completely indifferent to them. I've got no feeling to them because I don't think they have any feeling to them as a club. Now, look, the Warriors do have a feeling to them, okay, and that's cool. I like that. And if you're a Kiwi, I'm sure you, you do get behind the Warriors, and that's great. I'm not a Kiwi, okay, so there's no real reason for me to get behind them. Uh, and they just sit in there at 12th. I don't mind the Warriors when they're up and going, you know, and they're sort of playing, uh, I guess, a, a fast style of footy with offloads and, and lots, of, um, lots of ball movement. They're fun to watch, but for me, they come in at 12th. 11th is the Sharks. It might surprise some people. I think Pezza, got, uh, Pezza has more sort of hatred towards the Sharks than I do. Uh, I definitely didn't like the Sharks of the last couple of years. Sort of like premiership winning era Sharks. There were just too many unlikable people in that, in that side for mine. Paul Gallen, a noted drug cheat. Uh, and, and, and just a very selfish footballer in my opinion. Uh, you had Josh Dugan that just... Oh, I think he's pretty selfish too, to be honest. Andrew Fafita, just nothing about him. Um, he, you know, he makes him want to, you know, warm to him. Uh, just difficult to difficult to 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 enjoy and difficult to like. Then they played such a grafting, boring um, style of footy, you know, and cheated via drugs. So you know, I guess there was a time there where I really didn't like them. I think they're starting to come out of that a little bit. You know, I, I like John Morris, actually. Not just because he's a former Tiger, but, you know, I think he seems like a, a good bloke and a good coach, so I like that. And that, there's you can't just judge a side on just a couple of years. You know, they had a couple of years that were pretty ordinary where they also won a comp. Uh, but they had a lot of great, great years as well. You know, I'm talking your, your John Lang years, really. You know, your David Peaches, your Matt Rogers, your Mitch Healy's, your Dean Treasters, all those blokes. Uh, and then even sort of earlier uh, in the piece with your, your sort of your Gavin Millers and your Steve Rogers and, and all that sort of stuff, uh, they just sort of sit there, just not quite at the middle, but just a little bit below that. Uh, for me, is the Sharks. Ten is the Roosters, which some people might find strange too. You might think I really hate the Roosters. 
Uh, and it's it's tempting to hate the team because they are they really are the new silver tails, aren't they? They're that new side that are flashy and has all the money and can buy everything. You know, which no one ever really likes unless you go for them. So there is that about them. But I've just got a little bit of a respect for them. You know, there's something traditional about them. They're a foundation club. They have a place in the competition. Uh, you, you need a team that is, you know, the, the rich boys and the glamour club. Uh, that's them. Uh, it's a pity they don't have that many fans. Uh, but I think it's not just that they don't have fans. It's just that it's too expensive to live around the SFS these days. And... um. I do remember that, you know, the most Roosters fans I've seen is a game out at Campbelltown a couple of years ago. Uh, so maybe that's a thing too. Uh, yeah, at this point in time, Pez would probably throw a few jokes into me about being a Roosters fan and things like that. I just don't have to put up with that tonight, so I'm not even going to entertain it. Uh, if you want more information on that, you can try and get in touch with me. Uh, I'll probably be very coy about it. Uh, you're best to talk to Pezza about that. He might spin it in a way that suits him. But the Roosters are at 10. Ninth uh, is the Broncos. All right? So they just miss out on my top eight. They're not playing finals in my uh, team of favourites, all these favourites. Uh, the Broncos, look, I still respect the Broncos. You know, they were always, you know, the early, you know, or the, the 90s and the, the especially the mid-90s, it was, you know, they were a team that you looked at, like a Manchester United or the Chicago Bulls. Uh, it was the Broncos, you know, it was the rugby league version of that. Uh, don't really know what the AFL version of that was and yeah, don't really care, but... um. Yeah, the Broncos were just the big dogs. Yeah, they had all the, they had all the, all the players, all the money, uh, and you were scared of them uh, and, and impressed with them and in awe of them. It sort of dropped off a lot uh, the last you know, few years, which is stating the obvious now. Um, I'm going to talk a bit more about that later when it comes to the issues around what's going on with the Broncos, because some people have asked me. Uh, but, yeah, they just, I think they just lost a bit of that aura. You know, they don't, if they still had the bulk of the Queensland Origin team and things like that, I'd still probably really like them. Uh, <clears throat> but, yeah, they slip in at ninth. So that's it. Warriors 12, Sharks 11, Roosters 10, Broncos 9. I'll come in with my, well, the start of the top eight uh, is next week. All right, so I'll count down eight to, to five sides that just get one chance in the finals, uh, and then I'll do my top four the next week. But uh, get in touch with me. A few people don't like what I've done so far. Uh, they've called it recency bias because I'm basing it on how I feel right now. That's just how it works with me. All right, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to apologise uh, for that. Well, I don't think I need to. Uh, you know, it's just how things work, you know. If, if if a side is playing a certain style of footy that I don't like, then I'm not going to like them, you know. And if, there's, if they've got a coach that carries on, you know, uh, and, and rubs me up the wrong way and walks out of my team and, and destroys our salary cap, I'm not going to like his team. Like, it's just, oh, how can I do that? All right, and conversely... If a club that I didn't like a few years ago all of a sudden, you know, has a bit of a rebrand and a refresh and, you know, they play a good style of footy and, you know, there's some honest plays in there, I'm going to like them. That's just how it works. I've been upfront about that and that's all I'm going to say. But please, give me your feedback. Uh, speaking of your feedback, I'm not going to get into your questions just yet. I'm going to talk tipping. Let's talk tipping. We haven't talked about that uh, since we probably started the tipping competition. We've got a good cohort of people, 13, 14 uh, or so uh, in the comp, 13. Uh, and it's Mary is a good coach. Ben R is on top of the, top of the comp. I think he got a, a perfect round maybe a couple of rounds ago and got the bonus points and he's, he's shot himself up to first. Uh, Drew's Eagles has fallen down to third. Uh, doing it all day from Chris. Looks like a Knights fan. Good on him. Uh, he's coming in second and Pezza rounds out the top four. Uh... But yeah, I, th I think collectively a lot of us had a good round last week. Six being the top score, four being the lowest. Uh, and yeah, I'm just, look, I'm just languishing down there at 12th spot. Uh, I've, I find tipping really difficult, I've got to say. I don't know if other people do, but this is what happens to me basically when, when I tip. Uh, and I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a punter either. And I think this is part of the reason why I'm not a punter is because I'd be terrible at it. 
Uh, believe it or not, I'm just way too emotional when it comes to this stuff. So basically, what happens? Like, I sit down and I want to, I want to tip, and I, you know, I will take last week as an example, just very quickly, you know, uh, and we'll, and we'll go with the first round or first game, Roosters Raiders. Now, I want to sit down and watch that and just get behind the Raiders completely. I just want to, I just want to get there, invest, you know, my next couple of hours into the Raiders because I like them. All right, I like what sticks about. But they were decimated with injury. Roosters running red hot at the Roosters' home ground. Like, I had to tip the Roosters. And now that I've tipped the Roosters, I'm starting to think, well, do I have to go for the Roosters now? And it just gets really confusing. So sometimes, like, I think what I did last week was I had a bet each way, you know, which, again, I just don't like. You know, I'm the sort of person, you're sort of all in or none in, I think. I'm not, I'm not an each way kind of guy. And, yeah, look, I'm not going to go through everything. You know, Rabbit's Knights, same sort of thing happened. I want to go for the Knights there because, you know, I like the Knights. Uh, but tip the Rabbits, so it was tough. Uh, you know, and I just can't ever tip against my own team. Again, because I think I don't do each way stuff. Uh, and that, that really sort of brings me undone. But I don't know, like, what do, what do people do? I'd love to hear some thoughts on how people tip out there, you know. And it could just be very, very straight down the line, black and the white, stick the blinkers on like Pezza does. Oh, mate, well, I just tipped whoever was going to win. Now, well, that's fine, but it's also a bit boring as well, you know. But I'd love to hear from the, the guys at the top, you know, Benny R, like, what are you doing? Maybe you don't want to give away your secrets. Maybe that's fair enough too. Do you tip against your club? I noticed a couple of people have. Well, Pezza actually noticed it more too, and it was with people up in the. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call names out. I'm not gonna name people. That's not fair. But Pezza reckons there's a couple of blokes um, up there towards the top of the ladder, other than tipping against their own team. Is that an each way thing? Do you think that at least you know if they win, well then I'm happy because they're my team and I'm sweet. But you know, if they don't, well, snuck up in the tipping comp. I don't know. I just can't do that. But maybe I'm too emotional. It's been said before. But stick at it, everyone. You know, I think it's a tight race. Uh, and, yeah, it's just, you know, just a good little community there. I like the tipping. A uh, couple of issues, all right? A few people asked for it, you know. They, they, they got in touch. It's sparked. You want to know what your thoughts are on, on a couple of issues around the game. Now, what we would usually do is we would do this in the segment, Are You Interested? All right, where I'd sit down, I'd, I'd go through some articles and some issues around the game, ask Pez if he's interested. Then away we go. Yes or no, and we start talking about it. What I really think will work for this show and this segment right now is if you guys send me in some are you interested, you know, whether it be off the back of just an issue, you know, Sparks, Trent Barrett at Canterbury, are you interested? You know I'm going to say yes because I love it, you know, all this stuff, you know. Warriors players heading home, Sparks, are you interested? Yes, I'm interested. And, you know, it helps me because it gives me a bit of structure uh, to what I'm doing. There was calls for structure, all right, so I'm trying to trying to do that here. And, yeah, I think it would be a good way to do it. So if you want to get on board with that, just get into it, you know. Do it in the comments section of the Facebook page, the DMs the bloody inbox, whatever it might be. I probably need to get on Twitter. That's something I might try and do as well. Uh, and just give me some are you interested. And then we can, I reckon we can really start cooking with gas uh, uh, with this sort of, you know, uh, one-man show that we've got going on here. But enough of that. I'm going to get into it. Okay, first thing, Sonny Bill Williams. Yeah, I am interested uh, as to where he's going to come back. For those that don't know, uh, Sonny Bill was on a, on a big contract uh, with the Toronto Wolfpack, uh, and, and they now can't play. Uh, they were meant to play in the Super League in England, and I think because they were basing themselves in England because of COVID, and because of COVID, because of visas, because of all sorts of stuff. I think maybe revenue not coming in through not being able to play or televise games into Canada. Toronto's basically sort of gone bust for the year, uh, and they can't even com- compete, which is really sad. Uh, and hence, Sonny Bill Williams is back on the market. Uh, I was pretty straightforward where he's going to play. It's going to be East. I don't think that's a scoop anyway because I think that's what was being reported uh, just a couple of hours ago tonight on Wednesday. Uh, And, you know, he'll play for... They'll call it 200,000, but, you know, Politis and the salary cap blokes there will work him out for the next few years to make sure that that 200,000 gets turned into something a lot more. Uh, And he'll probably come in and play for them and, you know, help them you know, get into the top four. Good luck to him, I guess. You know, I, I don't have a massive problem with Sonny Bill Williams so much anymore, but I don't think he'll go back to the Bulldogs, you know. Uh, he sort of always seems like a guy that's 
only done things if there's something in it for him. I guess a lot of players are like that. I guess a lot of people are like that. I guess most of us are like that, really, at the end of the day. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. I think he's got to quarantine and do all that sort of stuff anyway. So he's, I think he's got to come back. He'll have to quarantine for maybe two weeks or three. It's a two-week quarantine, I think, at the moment. It could be longer, uh, depending on how things happen. Then he'll have to train and all that sort of stuff. So he's probably only going to play a couple of games and then come in for the finals. But, yeah. See how they go. It'd be nice if he played for the Warriors to help him out, but again, I don't think there's much in it for him. There, look, the Warriors going into the Warriors, the players leaving. I don't, I don't know what to say about the Warriors and their bubble anymore, other than to say I reckon it would be really hard, uh, just being away from your family. I think probably what would be harder too is the fact that I think there's some Australian guys who are playing in the side that can still see their family, so not everyone in the camp is on the same page. I think that's what would be probably really hard about it the most is that maybe guys get even more isolated, uh, away from families, away from children, away from partners. And there's just something to be said about your home ground, isn't there? And, you, you know, being able to to settle in and know where you are and, and have a home game. And they're not getting that. Uh, I think the NRL said that in, in return, in favour, you know, or as a... As a Show of thanks, they're going to let the Warriors play every game at home next year. Uh, I guess that would be nice. I don't know if that's going to make up for this year. It just seems to be getting worse and worse. Todd Payton's called out Adam Blair and said his play was a disgrace, or and if he didn't, if he wasn't experienced, he drop him. Uh, but I think what comes back, I'm going to talk about this in a minute uh, with the coaching. It was just a horrendous, horrendous uh, call to sack. Uh, Stephen Carney, I think, just in in all of the years, uh, why they thought that was the best thing to do, I, I just don't know. Uh, one other issue, I guess, is the Broncos. I don't. I honestly don't know what to say about that. Uh, I mean, they are, they are, they are missing about eight or nine first graders that include like Matt Lodge, David Fafita, Jack Bird, uh, Alex Glenn, a few other guys that play Origin football, international football. Uh, they're just that far off the pace. It's not funny. Uh, but the one thing that I will say about the Broncos, right, and everyone is, you know, getting really, really offended by how bad they're going and saying that, you know, they're, they're, they're meant to be the, the stronghold of the club, or sorry, the stronghold of the NRL. They're meant to be the, the glamour club and the, 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 the top dog and that they've fallen away. Well, the reason they fell away is because there was a team called the Melbourne Storm that entered the competition in 1999. You know, everyone's saying that there needs to be a second Brisbane team to sort of dilute the talent and things like that. They were saying that back in those days because Brisbane would always be in the grand final and winning the competition. Uh, they got a second Brisbane team. It was called the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, that's basically what happened. Because if the Melbourne Storm don't exist, then Cameron Smith plays for the Broncos and they just continue on that run. All right, Billy Slater plays for the Broncos. Cooper Cronk plays for the Broncos. You see where I'm going with this. So once that happened, and then also the North Queensland Cowboys became a much stronger side off the back of Jonathan Thurston, really, uh, you know, the, the, the talent had been spread out. So you, you can't expect the Broncos to ever go back to, to that sort of, uh, you know, juggernaut that they were. You can definitely expect them to go back and be really competitive all the time. Uh, but, you know, people have to manage their expectations around that. Does that mean they should be getting pumped 48-0 by the Tigers and um, whatever else has been happening to them? Probably not. But, you know, it's somewhere they've, they've got to have a bit of perspective on it. Uh, the last issue I'll talk about really quickly, I'm probably running out of time. I, I said I wouldn't go over an hour here, is, is the coaching. Uh, I just think it's, I think it's farcical. Uh, Paul Green, I know he resigned, but he was going to get sacked, so he's gone uh, as well. Uh, so he joins uh, Stephen Kearney. Um, you know, it's another guy that's been, been sacked this year. You know, I read a, I read a stat or I read a tweet uh, by Joel Kane today, and he said that. What did he say? Just let me pull it up here. Um, oh, where is it? Sorry, just give me one second. Um, yeah, why some NRL coaches might be a bit prickly. 
Those still in the same role for two years or more, which was round 10, 2018. These are the coaches. Have a think, have a think how many there are. So have a think to yourself. I can tell you how many. There's five. Craig Bellamy, uh, Trent Robinson, Brad Arthur, Ricky Stewart and Paul McGregor. Well, I mean, that's just ridiculous that, you know, 11 out of the 16 teams um, are playing – no, actually, say with the five, that only five out of 16 clubs have had a coach that's been in there for, for more than a couple of years. And I know you might take Paul McGregor out of it, which is maybe fair enough, but have a think about how Craig Bellamy's side's going, how Trent Robertson's side's going, how Ricky Stewart's side's going, and even how Brad Arthur's side's going. Yeah, pretty good. And I think there's a reason is because it's, they're consistent. They persevere um, with their coaches. You know, and I know, you know, McGregor hasn't been probably exactly what, what, what Saints have needed, but well, I don't know. Maybe I'm just saying it from a Tigers perspective uh, that I'd take a couple of semi-final appearances and, and, and a few good, you know, a few good years over his tenure as well. But I, but I th- one, one big thing is that I know uh, in that list, Brad Arthur's won a wooden spoon. And I think Trent Robinson has as well in his second year with the Roosters. Uh, and I'm not sure if Ricky Shield has with the Raiders, but they've definitely missed the eight and definitely finished low down the ladder in their times. And instead of knee-jerk things and sack coaches, they've stuck with them and they've allowed them the time to fix up whatever little errors they, they had in their season. And sometimes through injury, through bad luck, through just you know a couple of things not going your way, you're allowed to have a bad season every now and again. I don't think that means you sack the coach. I still don't see the evidence of where sacking the coach uh, is always going to do the trick, but that's where we are. So as far as, you know, who's going to coach North Queensland or who's going to coach the Warriors or they're talking about John Morris losing his job, Dean Pay's the other guy that's already been sacked, Trent Barrett's coming in. Is he going to do, like, a significantly better job than Dean Pay? It's hard to imagine, but he might. I've got so much more to say about that and I might say more next week about the coaching because I don't think I've sort of done that justice. But we've got through a lot here tonight uh, and I'm just going to wrap things up here uh, with a few of your questions. All right, so let's have a quick look and see what we got through here. I really love your questions and I probably love, you know, even more. You know, we've got some coming through, which is great, but can always do some more. Uh, Michael Sullivan asked uh, two questions. Does the Tigers-Eels match mean... More to the fans or the players is the rivalry genuine? That is a great question. I like the question. I actually think that in this instance, the the, the rivalry is going to mean more to the players, you know, because I think the Ryan Madison uh, dislike is definitely there. You could tell that in the way Michael Maguire uh, gave his press conference today. Uh, there is genuine dislike. I don't know about if there's dislike for Moses, but he did the same thing, Mitchell Moses, walked out and went mid-season. Uh, and they've always had some good battles, uh, the, the Tigers uh, and Parramatta. Uh, so I think it is genuine. I think it's real. Uh, and I think it does mean a lot to the players. Uh, and I think we're going to find out tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be really good. Really looking forward to it. Uh, touch on the, he's also asked me the Wolfpack have pulled out of the Super League uh, for the season due to financial pressures of COVID. Thoughts? Well, it's a shame. It's a real shame. Uh, followed the Toronto Wolfpack uh, and their sort of rise over the last few years, which has been awesome. Uh, and it's really sad, but I guess I guess that's COVID, isn't it? Uh, so hopefully, I'm sure they can. Not I'm sure, because I, I can't be sure. How would I know? But hopefully, uh, they can. I guess yeah, get back together and get some money and be able to get back into the competition uh, for next year. I think the Super League's under a lot of pressure anyway, uh, for what I understand. So hopefully, um, as with everything at the moment, we can sort of get to the other side. Of COVID, ah, oh, Sam Perry's asked a question. Has he? What's he got to say? You argued Daly M halfback Luke Brooks is actually better suited to nine because he's a middle child. Yeah. Do you still think the Broncos will make the grand final? Or what's that got to do with what that doesn't? What's Luke Brooks got to do with the Broncos? I've addressed the Broncos already. All right, and I'm happy to to admit that I probably got that one wrong. All right. Um, Luke Brooks is better suited to the nine, I think. Um, that's got nothing to do with the Broncos. You, you know, you've tripped me up there. There's no need for it. Uh, ben Chine, Harry Grant moved house this week. How long is the lease? Thanks. Yeah, I don't know how long the lease is. I assume it would be, what, maybe a six-monther. Uh, yeah. 
the, the Harry Grant staying at the Tigers uh, media circus rolls on and we get to read an article or listen to something every day about that, which is starting to get quite boring. Uh, it's a loan. That's how it'll work. We've got Jacob Little and uh, Jake Simkin to come through, pushing through the grades. So looking forward to seeing them. Another question from Sam Perry that I'm probably not going to read because I couldn't be bothered and he's not here, so bad luck. Billy Rees, here's my question for the show. Is my assessment fair, not fair enough or am I an idiot to think that Ryan Madison might have mates? I'm not sure I went hard enough on him. Yeah, no, look, I don't like I don't like um You've called him Matheson too. Do you know that, Bill? That's pretty funny. I don't know if that's autocorrect or not, but Ryan Matheson. Uh, Ryan Matheson, yeah, oh, I've got no time for him. Uh, yeah. I don't really have a massive problem with someone wanting to get out of the contract, but he doesn't have to do it in the way he did. The way he carried on when Corey Thompson left this year and got onto social media and was like, oh, well, you know, player's player and, you know, oh, I can't believe it, what a terrible club and... You know, all, all the rumours about him saying that the Tigers will never win a grand final, that's why he left. I'm sure a lot of his characters suggest that he did say that. So I'm looking forward to Benji Marshall running rings around you tomorrow night, Ryan. It's going to be very funny. Uh, and I really, really can't wait. Uh, Pezza actually just asked me about some character stuff and whether I'd have Jack DeBell at the Tigers. Probably not. Probably not, mate. Uh, Adrian Lung's asked, who is my favourite rugby league family? Now, that's a great question. A great question. He's talking like fathers, sons, brothers, sisters, all sorts of things. So you're talking about the Cleary family with Ivan and, and Nathan. They're not a favourite. You know, the Sirenan family, that's a good one. Paul, Curtis, Bailey, uh, of one running around uh, at the moment. Thought of the Sims family, Ashton, Tarek. Uh, Ruan, there's one more that I've forgotten the name of uh, that all played like first grade and represented internationally. Like that's an outstanding family. Um, Corbin, I was thinking of. Uh, who else do we have? Uh, the Kalis brothers, Jason, Nathan, Kalis. I mean, that's a great family. John and David Lomax, uh, pretty good too. Um, Glenn Lazarus family Bob Blake Lazarus He played like one game for the Tigers Yeah that's not bad Nephew uh, We have like John Cartwright and Blake Cartwright Yeah not too bad um, Trying to think I mean there's so many I'm sure Actually I'd love it Fred DeBellin actually you know played um, That's a grandfather of Jack DeBellin Played for, the, for Bowman Tigers uh, There's a little a uh, bit of information you may not have known. Peter and Mark Coyne, very good. I just can't go past the Walters brothers. And I know it's easy for me to say now because Billy's playing for the Tigers, but just growing up, Kevin, Kerrod, Steve Walters, I just really liked all of them. You know, I maybe didn't like Steve as much because he sometimes played for Australia over Benny Elias, uh, but still really loved the way he played. And yeah, then to have, and same with Kevin and Kerrod. Uh, I always liked hookers too growing up particular. It was sort of one of my favourite positions. I really enjoy watching a hooker play. Uh, and then, yeah, to have Billy Waters come through at the Tigers too. Um, yeah, he's probably, yeah, probably my favourite family. Uh, Adrian also asked me something to do with, um, yeah, sort of what, uh, what constitute, what characteristic traits that, that, that middle childs have that don't make them good halfbacks, something like that. Look, basically, I'm just – here, where is it? I've, I think I, I looked at something today, just something on the internet, very, you know. Um, oh, no, I don't think I have it. Oh, that's a shame. Anyway, basically, a lot of people suggest that, you know, middle childs end up being introverted people, all right, so then, then – which doesn't always mean that. Yeah, middle childhood syndrome, where is it? What are the symptoms of middle childhood syndrome? Middle child syndrome is a psychological condition where a child who is the middle one in between two siblings feels left out. Middle child's behaviour towards their siblings becomes negative. All right, there's feelings of jealousy, inadequacy, low self-esteem becomes an introvert. Now, I'm not for a moment seriously suggesting that Luke Brooks has flaws in his character, okay? Please say this in good humour. I'm a middle child myself, all right? Uh, but I think the difference for me is that I'm a middle child with two sisters. All right, I think it's different in like same-sex families, I guess. And usually, you know, the, the, the older child, you know, has got to be the leader, you know, has some authority about them, could be a halfback and get the, get the team around the field. 
Conversely, the younger one's got to be a bit of a whippersnapper, you know, it's going to be tested all the time, there's a bit of adversity thrown at them and can usually come out with that sort of character where they, they're happy to give it, you know. And usually the youngest and sort of give it to the other two and then sort of hide behind the fact that they're the youngest if they get in trouble or something like that. So I think they just become a bit more yappy uh, and you just sometimes don't see that in middle children. So, you know, as I said on the socials, Benji Marshall, eldest brother of three, how did he go on the weekend? Pretty good. Brooks is a great player too. I look forward to him getting back in the team. Not much time for Tiger Corn. Other than to say, wasn't it outstanding, outstanding work from the Tigers, 48-0. Oh, I loved every minute of it. I watched the game in its entirety and loved it. Then watched the replay and the highlights uh, twice on the Saturday. I was cock-a-hoop. We're going to take that form into tomorrow night or today if you're listening and we're going to beat Parramatta. We're going to give it to Moses and Madison. We're going to win 22-14, I reckon. Uh, Benji Marshall, man of the match. Can't wait for it. That's all I've got to say for you people. Thanks so much for listening. Appreciate everyone getting in touch. Appreciate the people listening. Enjoy the footy on the weekend. Hope your team wins. Hope you get your tips right. Stay safe. Catch you later.